Welcome to the podcast arm of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing His purpose, pronouncing His power, and proclaiming His praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. A time of God's rest. Uh, I have a lot to say this morning that the Holy Spirit has been charging me with since the beginning of this year. But because of time, just going to walk around the time and see how far we can go today. I looked at the message I have in front of me. I don't even know what to call it uh, or title to give it. But let's look at the book of Hebrews chapter 4. This is a season of divine rest. Uh, it's, a, it's a month of divine rest. And this month, all this month, we make declarations as, they, as we are led by the Spirit. That doesn't mean that declaration ends with that month. It goes beyond that month to you know, establish what God has desired to do in everyone's life. We're looking at the book of Hebrew uh, from, I mean, chapter 4. We'll take it from verse 1. And the scripture says, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Uh, I like that in New Living Translation, so that the word fear, it does not mean, you know, should be scared. Okay, what does it say? Say, God promised of entering his rest is this, I mean, it's this times. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. That some of us might not understand, might not get into that which is already completed, just as it happened in the past. You know, they call it deja vu, right? It has happened before and it's just repeating itself. That's what we see mostly around things that have happened in the scripture, the journey of Israelite from the land of Egypt to the, to the Canaan land is a symbolic representation of the journey of a Christian from being saved to internal kingdom. It's just the same thing. We'll see a lot of challenges they met, so also we meet a lot of challenges. We found a lot of time that there were issues with them believing God. So we find a lot of time Christian had issues believing God today. It's just a symbolic representation. We've seen a lot of time that they complained a lot, so much that God was angry with them. People still complain today. Many people will say, that thing you pray for, that was a prayer point some years ago, and God delivers your hand, becomes a thing of complaint even when you are there. Why? That is the nature of man. In fact, in the book of Deuteronomy, it said they should not forget, chapter 8, do not forget that it's your God that brought you out from the land of Egypt and, and brought you to a land that is full of milk and honey. Now, why is the scripture telling them not, for, not to forget? It's because it is the nature of human to forget God's goodness. We remember bad things more than we remember the good. Those things that are bad. I said here sometimes ago, um, reiterating what our daddy Gio said, in, I mean, putting the open level sometimes, that if, so, if, a, if a woman... <laughs> Sorry, if a man uh, comes up and starts rejoicing and says, I'm just excited. And everybody says, why are you excited? And they say, oh, for the bath of my, 
son or daughter or whatever that was born some three years ago. I'm just thanking God for the delivery of my wife then. People are, are you okay? Three years ago is gone. But if anybody, a woman or a man, comes to say, I'm so sad now. What's happening? Oh, uh, of my son that died 10 years ago. We'll still pity the person, isn't it? We, we flow with that. But we, don't, we think it's insane to thank God for things that have passed. But we don't think it's insane to be worried about things that are past. That's, that's the nature of human. That's how human thinks. That's, that's the way we, we, produce, we project ourselves. Now, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 1, let's we don't enjoy the same thing. Paul, the writer of the book of Hebrews, said we should be afraid. We should pay attention so that this will not be our, our situation. The children of Israel, before they left Egypt, was there a promised land? Yes. Was God able to take them through to that promised land? Yes. But did they get to the promised land? No. Despite all that God did, they could not make it. And the scripture is saying here that you and I should not fall into the same mistakes that they fell into. And so it says, for unto us was the gospel preached. Now look at that. As well as unto them. I post here, I said, what was the gospel? Because we told the gospel is that Jesus came. No, this gospel is that Jesus came to save his people. Salvation is the good news. Salvation is the good news. So we don't, we don't just get into church or become Christian by Christian name. No, we are saved. And that is the joy every believer should have. Because some person will be like, what is the essence of my salvation now? I can't see this. I can't see that. I can't see this. If you can see internal life, that is the purpose. John chapter 17, verse 3, says that they may know you, the only through God and your son Jesus, whom thou hast sent. That is internal life. What is internal life? That they may know you. So salvation is the good news. Because when he says it for unto us, in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2, the gospel was preached. What was the gospel? Because we think the gospel is only in the New Testament. No, The gospel was preached unto them as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. They were in slavery. The good news came for liberation. And that from this moment on, you are God's people. You'll be liberated and you'll be taken to a land to enjoy the fullness. That was the gospel. Same way is the gospel preached to us that in Christ Jesus, we have the fullness of all things. The fullness of all things. Whether the one you can see or the one you cannot see, that is the gospel. Including your salvation after the end of this world to be with God forever. Plus your health, your sound health, your prosperity, living a life of fulfillment. Everything is in God. It's in Christ Jesus. Do you know how I know? First, um, I think Second Peter chapter 3, if I'm not mistaken. I don't just want to quote it. I want us to look at it. Okay, maybe I should be going to First Peter then. Um, sorry, Second Peter. Yeah, it should be Second Peter, chapter three. Okay, if you can find that for me, say according to His divine power, He has given us all that pertain to what to life 
and godliness through the power that what? That worketh in us. That's 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. By the divine power of God, he has given us everything. If you look at it from the, you know, another transition, he has given you everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him. That is how we get into a life of internal, coming to know him. And the scripture says, I like to quote that from uh, Osea chapter 6 verse 3, said then we will know when we continue to know the Lord. We will continue to know. So there is no end to the knowledge that we have in God. You continue to know according to the knowledge that is given unto us. He has given us everything, all things. He's not going to give us. He has given us. For us to now understand this and walk into that rest is our conversation this morning. So, if God has given us everything, just as he has given them the land full of milk and honey, while they were still in Egypt, and Pharaoh was refusing to let them go. You know how many days God actually planned that these people would live, would, would, would transit that journey? How many days, originally? 40 days. Just 40 days. But you know they went for 40 years. Why? Unbelief. Unbelief. Even though the rest was there, 40 days will have been the journey. Just one month, ten, one month, 10 days, they will have been there. But they did not get there until 40 years. And all that disbelieved God, all of them died. Only two out of those who came out. And Paul says, we should be afraid that Christians of these days will fall into the same thing because of unbelief. So, if God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, the question is, how many people have been worried before here? I'm number one, though. Yeah, I want to really show, show a fan if you've been worried before over anything. Okay, maybe I should make it simple and easy. Maybe we should see the superhuman who have never been worried before. You've never worried over anything. Why? But he has given us everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. So why should, I, why should you and I be worried? So people have been worried before. Okay, that's established. The next question I will ask, how many people have experienced that? What they were worried about was not necessary after some time. Okay, thank you. We see ourselves. <laughs> we worry over things that are not necessary. A song says, you talk about weather, you talk about things that really aren't important at all. You talk about, uh, you talk about future, you talk about problems we have here at home and abroad. But friend, I'm excited about a solution for the world. I'm going to shout and sing. Jesus Christ is the King of Kings. We talk about everything. Oh, the weather is going to be cold today. And somebody is worried. Sit at home. <laughs> Stay at home. Why are you worried over that? And, and, and the complaint we just on and on and on and on. We get ourselves unnecessarily worked up with anxiety and worry. And at the end of the day, when the old day is finished, 
Then we ask ourselves, why am I even worried over this thing? It has been taken over and we handled, but I was still worried. It was not handled while you were worried. It was handled even before you started worrying. We need to get into that state of rest where worry and anxiety is not part of us anymore. And somebody will ask, oh, then you are not going to be a human being. No, I will tell you and show you how it is in the scripture. Shall we look at Philippians chapter 4? Philippians chapter 4. People say it's not possible, but with God, all things are possible. Philippians chapter 4, if you can help me to verse 6, and we're going to read it together as believers. Can we all go together? Go. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And when you do that, what happened in verse 7? And the peace of God, which passeth all... Please hold it. Peace of God that your friend cannot contend with, cannot understand. Peace of God that your boss cannot just fathom. Peace of God that the government cannot calculate, cannot bring to, to, to terms. They can't come to terms with it. Peace of God that people around you will like, why are you so much at rest? It's because of what? You have taken care of the first be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. You cannot give it to God and still struggle with it. You cannot. When we leave it for God, when we give it to him, we leave it for him. And watch God takes it over from there. He's too faithful to fail you. He's too faithful to disappoint you. If only we can understand. He said, the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall keep your heart. You know when you keep something? That, that peace has the responsibility, the obligation to keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. When you can do your part of not being careful. Let's look at that, be careful for nothing. In the NLT, maybe that will give us a contemporary English, will tell us better. What does it say? Everybody? Bible says so. Don't worry about anything. Your child, don't worry about him. Your husband, don't worry about him. Your wife, don't worry about him. Your job, don't worry about anything. Do we know that God is so interested in the minutest things of our lives? As simple as it might look. I think just uh, Reverend George was teaching here some times ago and telling us about, uh, you know, he lost, he lost his air, airport. How many people remember Reverend George? I think he said something like that. He lost his airport. And in the hotel, and it was, conf- it was disturbed a little bit. And then he just prayed and left it. And said, Holy Spirit, go find it out. Then the protocol brother came in and found out, I said, this is your airport. And was surprised. God can use anybody for you. That same day, I was putting on a very nicely sewn uh, attire. I mean, I think that same week, during the program, actually. Nicely sewn attire from my country, Nigeria. It was very beautiful. But I guess the tailor, whoever put it, did not put the button well properly. So 
I got to church and I found out that one of the buttons was gone, was dropping. Ah, I said, you won't disgrace me here. <laughs> I t- that was the first time I would put it on. I said, what's going on here? And I can't go back home. So before I came up, it dropped. I took it up in my pocket, continued to, you know, maintain. <laughs> Then, before I came off stage to introduce the man of God, the second button dropped off. <laughs> and I said, Holy Ghost, what's going to happen here today? And you see your pastor stand on there and the whole thing just opened up. Like, what? This man didn't plan to dress. But that happened. And then we're in the program. Anyways, I still maintained. And thank God you did not know. Now I'm telling you. <laughs> but after the service... How like, and those buttons were specially customized. They look different. So it's not something you buy in market or something. Actually, Holy Spirit, Reverend Josh said his AirPod was missing. Now, the second one dropped. I didn't know where. Just somewhere around. And I've gone so many places, including the downstairs upstairs. So Holy Ghost, I don't know where it is. And I'm not ready to search. Can you please help me search for this? Button. Button. If you can try God with little thing, he handles the biggest thing. Is training, training, you're training your mind. You are telling yourself that I know he's too faithful to fail me. I know this God is not song, it's reality. But in, and so I made attempt. You know, sometimes worry will make us make attempt. I came around here, I made attempt. I said, I sat here too much. I looked around and I said, But you have prayed. I went back and I continued my daily business. As we're about to go home, my little girl just said, Daddy, here's your button. Where did you find it? I've looked around. So I just went around the church. I just, how did she know it's my button? Was she looking at my clothes? How did she know it was mine? How did she know I was looking for it? I didn't tell her my button dropped or anything. I said, Daddy, here's your button. I said, where did you find it? Trust God with everything. Everything. The scripture says, do not worry about anything not about anything and this is where to be absolutely at rest because God's word says so and when we continue to move and walk with God more and more in the place of prayer because the scripture says in that Hebrew chapter 4 I believe verse 11 it said therefore let us labor to enter into that rest labor how do we labor you walk to enter into it but when you are there, you're balanced. It's just like aircraft taking off. You know, all of us, we know when you get into aircraft and it's taking off, the two times that it's always difficult for aircraft is the taking off and landing. We know that, right? The pilots, even they are nervous. That should not mean you know, body plane. <laughs> but when it's taking off and it's struggling and struggling and just, just gathering the entire momentum, the aerodynamics law, set in and it continued to penetrate into the cloud that it's a time it's gathering momentum by the time it gets to the cruise level you won't even know the aircraft is moving especially if it's a long journey one you are in the air and it's like those that thing is standing still so where are we going to get there eight hours we are here the thing is moving at jet speed but you can't see it anymore why it's at rest level of equilibrium but it worked to get into that state that's what the scripture is saying you and I, we have to do a little bit of laboring, a little bit of studying the word, a little bit of believing the word, a little bit of confirming the word and confessing it, even in the midst of unlikelihood. 
When you see things that are staring at you, like they are not going to make it happen, you profess the word. My wife and I were sharing last night. She said she got to a point, she was telling herself to conform to the word. Believe this word that was said. You need to conform to that word. It's a struggle. But the moment the heart can believe the word, you are dressed. And things begin to work without you even being bothered. I said sometimes here, I was going to France someday, um, unofficial assignment. And uh, I did some shopping after some of my time in France and was coming back home. So, but then one of my, one of the bags, I did a lot, some shopping. So I put it in one bag and kept my other travel bag with me. I was going to get into the, to check in the bags. And the Holy Spirit said to me, you're losing your bag but you'll find it again. Okay. So, but separate the items from that full bag that has new item and mingled, mix them together. Right there, I was about to check in. I, was, I told the lady, I'm sorry. I took it back and I went somewhere and I started, somebody can work and say, are you mad? No. You're only being sensitive to the spirit. So, and I mixed them up. You know, I bought a pair of shoes, I put one in one, one in another. <laughs> so that one goes, they, they can't find the other. He has to come find me. I just separated that, that, that way and then put the bag back. And I was looking at those two bags. And the Spirit said, you will find them back, but they, you will lose them. Lo and behold, I got to Toronto Airport after a long flight. And I got, and everybody waited for the bag and my bag was not coming. Uh, a family friend that came to pick me up, she said, ah, Pastor, where's your bag? I said, I can't find it. Say, ah, let's go and talk at the customer service. We went there. And they said, oh, sorry. Yeah, the bag, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we're going to bring them to your house. They will come to you, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I said, let's go. Ah, this is how I look at me. Why are you so much at peace? I said, because I was told. I've been told. Why should I be worried when I was told that? I said, but those bags are coming back. And you know, the, the part of it was I was to travel to United States from that same Toronto Another trip, stay official, go, you know, continue my journey and the training. And then there will be no back to go to US. You're you not back to go. I said, I've planned, kept my wallet, and I'm going to buy clothes when I get to US. But I've been told that I won't see those back until so, so, so time. They will come. See, do you know that when you know what God knows, you don't worry? Let's rise to our feet. Lord, let me know what you know. Let me see with the eyes of God. Let me see with your eyes, oh God. Let me know what you know. Teach me, Lord, areas where I'm worried today. Let me understand what your word says so that the worry in my life will be reduced. Somebody pray before the Lord this morning. Your relocation to this country, God knows about it, sir. God knows about it, ma'am. When you know that God knows, every anxiety is gone. That sickness you feel in your body right now, God knows about it. And he has taken care of it already. When you know what God knows, everything is at peace. Lord, let me know how you know. Let me know. Let me understand you, Lord. Let me know what you know about situation. When God says this situation is going to be temporary, you should know that if you don't, if you think it's going to be permanent, then it continues to worry you. Lord, help me against anxiety. You are too faithful to fail me, Lord. 
You are too faithful to disappoint me. You are too faithful to fail me. Mm-hmm. You are too faithful to disappoint me. You've proven yourself in my life, and I come to realize you're too faithful to fail. Somebody say you're too faithful on to fail me. You're too faithful to fail me. God has not brought you this far to fail you, my brother. No, no, no. God has not brought you this far to fail my sister. To faithful to disappoint me. Oh Lord, you've proven yourself in my life. And I've come to realize you're too faithful to fail. Just imagine those area of challenge right now and sing that song one more time. You're too faithful, Lord. You are too faithful to fail me. Lord Jesus, you are too faithful. You are too faithful to disappoint me. Oh, you've proven yourself in my life. And I've come to realize you are too faithful to fail me. Lord Jesus, we have taught your word. I pray for grace unto your people, including myself, to trust you beyond any doubt. To rest upon this word so that our lives will really be evidence of your faithfulness. Thank you, precious Father. Glory to your name, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you were blessed by that teaching. For further inquiries, please visit our website, www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter, at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.